good to be back For all you beautiful people out there We gon' do this one time, yo Yo, yo, it's been a minute But we back up in the spot again Flowing through the feed and we appreciate you logging in We are the Rant Foundation The pink and the black, we're bringing it back So when you put your faith in the mask It's all facts, you should join the conversation From all elite to where wrestling is entertainment It's every week, all new, no repeats With a crew you should meet Let me introduce you on the beat Now take a knee, he's the leader of the family The king of talk style, but you can call him Anthony Ain't nothing sweeter than a demon diva through your speakers She got that ladywood, the one and only Issa And batting third, everybody's favorite nerd with no rhythm It's Phil, but you can call him Philium Now sit back and enjoy the feel Cause we're the only ones left keeping wrestling real And welcome, everybody, to the show that is building the fandom of professional wrestling. This is the Rant Foundation. I'm your host, the King of Talk Style, Anthony Stefano, And with me, as always, is the crazy rapper spitting hot fire like Dylan, 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 and Dylan, the five greatest rappers of all time, a rocket duga. It's Phil. What's going on, brother? Yo, yo, yo. What's up? Dude, I'm proud of you. You got another crown in fall, guys. That's number eight. Number eight's a great Something number. Like I don't want Definitely. you to win anymore unless you go up to 24. Um, because Kobe anything is possible at this point. Any anything is possible. And then we have the content queen, Mrs. Ladywood herself. Isa, what's going on? Hello. Everyone was really quiet today. It was a quiet day in the chat. Usually, like on show days, I think everyone had like a weird or bad day today because that shit was <laughs> quiet today. I know that I had to go to the dentist and I wasn't really happy about that. Um, it was it was as bad as the Britt Baker swole match. So, I mean, that that did happen and it was just as terrible as that. Um, I didn't get gas masked to death, but they, they did mess with the right side of my mouth. So when I was drinking at dinner, it was just like flowing out the side of my mouth. Um, but... Anyway, we have a fun show today. The first thing I want to do, though, is I want to be serious for a minute, and I want to send my condolences to Wade, um, Eugene. We love you, brother. I'm so sorry for your loss. If there's anything we can do to help, please let us know. You are family, and we love you so much. Um, and then I want to thank everybody also for buying merch and um, going and donating to um, the GoFundMe for Cody, who is is awesome. Um you guys are almost at the goal already. Uh, shout out to Phil for setting that up. He he, and Britt came up with that idea because um, there's only so much merch money we can make. We're not the young bucks. So when he came up with that idea, I thought it was great. And uh, Cody really appreciates it. And he's not going to be someone who asks for help. But uh, as a brother, we need to help him. So if you want, the link is pinned on Phil's page. And we tweet it out every day from the Ram Foundation page. So Check it out. Now, we had a very interesting week, to say the least, in professional wrestling. We got Issa to watch an AEW pay-per-view, and just like the name, she is probably all out on the product because it was not very good, and we're going to get into that. So I got off Saturday night, Labor Day weekend somehow, and I said, I'm going to spend $56.95 for the HD version of All Out. We're going to watch it together. Watching it together was the only thing that kept me interested because we had so much fun in the Patreon chat. Um, if you want to do that, patreon.com backslash Rand Foundation, and you can be a part. I can't believe you paid for it. Please dispute that charge, please. 
I'm, I wish I could, but they look at the runtime. I want to be like my six-year-old. What happened? See, what happened was <laughs> she hit the remote. I was outside the whole time. Um, it was uh, anyway. So let's get some thoughts on it. Phil, obviously, we're going to break down a little bit of the matches. What was your overall opinion? I know the excitement level was through the roof. What was the grade of it? What do you think hit? What do you I, think I can't even give it a grade because I didn't finish it. I turned it off after the FTR match. <laughs> And the only reason I kept watching it was because of the FTR match and the Sheeta Thunder Rosa match. And I didn't, so all the joking aside, I liked the Britt Baker swole thing because it was purposely bad. Like the point of it was to be bad and to be stupid. That was the whole point. Cause their whole storyline has been like a, like a joke where they're just kind of like having fun with it. And of course with Britt Baker's injury, I don't, I think Tony Khan said that, uh, they did that whole angle to protect her injury because she wasn't 100% yet. And they kind of shot themselves in the foot because they don't protect injuries. Oh, God. Well, the yeah, people that shot them. themselves in the foot are the fans. That was supposed to be on the pre show, and that would have been excellent on the pre show. Yeah. The fans started bitching about putting the women on the pre show, and then they put it there. That being said, it should have been the second match. They could have opened with that Lucha Soros match yeah, and like really started pay per view with that. Match. Yeah, especially when you have a live crowd. It's like, yeah. imagine sitting there for the first time watching wrestling live again and they go, okay, now watch the screen. Like, I will walk out right then and there. But <laughs> my biggest issue with AEW stuff ever since the pandemic is they're not, in my opinion, they're not putting stuff in the right order, right? Mm -hmm. that, that was it what I was going to say. It had no flow to the show And at I all. understand this is a tag team wrestling company. It's why I love it so much. But you can't have, like, the Bucks and... Uh, uh, Jurassic Express should have been the pre-show because that match was made on Wednesday. So there was no build to it, right? And it was just to get the Bucks over as these more aggressive characters and to get Jungle Boy over. There was like, three, four matches that could have been kept off this show. Let's be real. And, and the length of it was the biggest turnoff. And, and right? Four hours almost. Which is like, usually their shows, even though it's four hours, as someone who was there last year, it goes by fast because you're having a good time. The crowd is there. Okay. Right. You're you're there's other things like you're you kind of get lost in it. But because there's no crowd, even though I think they were at 13 percent, but like on camera, it was just like any other show because there's still a daily's place. It's still the wrestlers there. You can't see the fans. So a four-hour show they of that. They were also dying of dehydration because it was, yeah, it was crazy also hot and humid. Yeah, it was like 93 degrees in there. But it's just. I don't know. I didn't like it at all, which is crazy because I'm a huge AEW fan. It, it was definitely a, a swing and a miss at a time. I think they needed to hit a home run. Now, I know pay-per-views, bad pay-per-views happen. WWE has about seven or eight of them a year. But to be honest, WWE runs 12 of them a year. If you're only running four of them and 25% of your pay-per-views suck, that's a problem. Well, the biggest issue is not even just a pay-per-view thing. All out and double or nothing – are there WrestleMania SummerSlam pay-per-views? Like, I know in past years, uh, just being a wrestling fan, even before we started podcasting, whatever, like, you get, like, a payback or a whoever, whatever they call, whatever monthly pay-per-view. If those suck, you don't care. But if you you get excited for WrestleMania, you get excited for SummerSlam and Rumble and all these things. So for AW fans, you get excited for Double or Nothing. You get excited for All Out. So if those suck. Those hurt a lot because now you have to wait a whole other year to get to another redemption. All out. Well, that's, that's the thing. We, we were watching the pre-show and it was just you and I in the chat. 
um, before everyone joined from the Patreon to watch it with us. And I said, man, I miss this feeling. I was like, I know I just spent 60 bucks, but like they're showing all the previews for the matches. I'm getting excited. It reminded me of like the old days when I used to order like a WCW pay-per-view or a WWF pay-per-view. And you just sit there and you watch for an hour before because you're just getting so hyped watching these packages that they create mm -hmm. for the pay-per-view. And then it comes out, and obviously that first match, I was laughing my ass off. I don't regret spending the 60 bucks because I don't think I've ever laughed so hard in my life between Evan Bourne, Matt Seidel's botch, Dustin Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes promo, and the Britt Baker match. I was in tears all night laughing. Um, but I just think that they didn't pace it right. They swung and missed. The pre-show match totally missed the mark for me. And I'm like, if I'm watching this and you want me to order the pay-per-view, that pre-show match didn't make me want it. The Bucks versus the Jurassic Express probably would have been a great pre-show match because it's a big name to get people. You're giving it to them for free, and then they're like, wow, this is going to be awesome. Let's order it. Another thing, and we can go into this conversation now, and then we'll get to the main event, but I really think Matt Hardy's injury dampened that the show. Because I'm, a, I'm a big all of us, fan, and I could never get back into it after that. I could not. All, all of us, I mean, first off, that was one of the top three matches I want to say because I thought Sammy that was going to be Sammy's night to be this huge star and steal the show. Now it's to no one's fault. It was an accident. They took a horrible spill. I think Sammy kind of got knocked out a little bit too, but Matt Hardy took the brunt of it head on the concrete. The X is thrown up. They stopped the match. Then they go to Jim Ross and he's telling you why they stopped the match. And I'm cool with that. Right. And then they give Matt Hardy a concussion test, which is, I don't know how you do a, a, an impact you test in two you minutes. Don't. Because in the NFL, you see that blue 10 up and they're in there for 15 minutes. Yeah. And, and Tony Khan should know this because he owns the Jaguars. Yeah. And if it has the fastest protocol to test a, a concussion and it takes 15 minutes, you yeah. can Google it, you can research it. It takes them 15 minutes. So they, they went with Matt Hardy saying, I'm okay, I'm okay. You're not okay. You didn't even know where you were. No, they went with the doctor cleared him. Yeah. Well, when we saw when we saw him laying there, we all kind of said, I think that's a real it, like he's yeah. like selling a little too well. He's not well, moving. The, the craziest part of that. So I was listening to Bully Ray talk about it, and he was saying everything we're saying about the 15 minute concussion test and all that stuff, about not listening to the wrestler. But he was like him himself had happened to him during a match. And he's gotten through it, but it was also like a multi-man match. There was other stuff going around or going on. And maybe he had to just be there for a pinfall. The biggest issue right. that a lot of people had a problem with is you let Matt climb that a scaffold. And it's like bro, And he was slipping even, all over. You couldn't even he couldn't stand up on his own two feet when he was in the hallway. So why would you let him get up on the scaffold? I mean, they're you know lucky that he went into kind of autopilot and his body kind of did the work for him. And then Sammy threw himself off, but that could have been a lot worse. You know what else bothered me about that spot is that when you see Sammy land, it was so protected and they put nothing on the table by where they, where they took that first fall. And it's just like, why didn't, did they not put 
anything at all to protect them. Like we are all fans trained to see the cushions. Like we have gotten over that. We understand that they're going to take a bump and we're going to protect it. There yeah. was nothing around that table, but for that bump, they had everything possible to protect the person that was falling. So that bothered me as well that I was like, they really couldn't put not even a tiny little pad outside of the table, something, anything to protect. Well, you could even made like a mat and made it look like they were taping electrical stuff down. Like, you yeah. could have did something From what to I heard, they, they practiced, they had like a stunt coordinator there that they had to, in order to get the spot approved. And they did it two or three times beforehand. But still, like Issa's saying, you have to have some type of safety measure in play because if, like, what ended up happening, they jumped too far and completely missed the table. And there was nothing there. It's not like going to the outside of the ring where there's padding, or maybe you hit the ramp that's at an angle. So maybe your back hits before your neck hits. But like he hit hard and he was completely knocked out. He was out. He was out. Yeah. yeah. He, he was, was out, out. And you saw it in the in, in the referee's face. And it's just yeah. like the other thing that's a huge turn off is how they're handling it. We understand and, that and you're she, a baby. She's company. about the only person that handled it right. Right. Because right. she was throwing up the X. No, Sammy went to touch him. She pushed him off. Like, what are you supposed was... to do when you have a doctor in the company's head up telling you, okay, he wants to go, let him go? Yep. Like, she, there's a, she doesn't have that much. She power doesn't have that power, but mm -hmm. she handled that first incident perfectly. Yeah, yeah. and and with that thing too, right? I, I know Tony Khan said that he's the one who called for the bell, but he's also the one who let we started the match. Yeah. Because even we if the can... doctor says he can go, it's still your company. You can say no. Right. You're about to walk into like, exactly. like you you had a couple of scary storyline. Right. And I understand the point. It was like, if Matt loses, he's out of the company, but it's wrestling. It's People wrestling. Rewrite it. Rewrite it. Yeah. You could have had, oh, Matt Hardy was out, but Damascus or whoever his other personalities is, he's in and, and save this dude's potentially his life because yep. he could have got seriously injured climbing that scaffold. That was the scariest that. part. And I, that's what we were all yelling about. I was like, why is he climbing? Like, we saw his foot slip how many times going up there? Oh, my God. It was. It was but I was literally nervous. I I thought that we were going to have another moment of like a tragedy on a wrestling show. I really I did. I thought we had it when he first fell and he yep. was out. I it, it was it was disturbing. It, like he broke his it, took yeah. it took me out of the whole show. It and, did. And the way they're handling it, like, and and I've been tweeting about this. I've been very vocal about it because the way that I feel is like I know that you're a young company. You need to take accountability and learn from it. Stop denying it. Say we fucked up. And now we're going to change the protocol and this will not happen again. But the yeah. denial, when you have Rebuy over there tweeting, like, you know that, they, that they're not telling you the truth. But of course he has a contract and Matt Hardy is a professional. He's going to do yeah. whatever they want him to do. But you know it's not being handled well. And there I, is I no just, way that he didn't have a concussion. There is just no way. I got a feel for Matt Hardy, though, too, because since he left WWE, he went in there bright eyed. Oh he was God, happy. And then he's show. about to debut. And then Corona happens. No fans in the building for his big debut. Then the broken character can't get over without a crowd. So then he has to switch from the broken character and do I'm just Matt Hardy. Then he gets in this awesome food feud with Sammy where everyone's invested and everybody's looking forward to that match. And five minutes in, he's knocked out and can't finish. It's like the wrestling god. Yeah, don't want Let's him to do about this. the bot chair shot he took to the head. Oh, I know. Oh God, I know. Like <laughs> It's yeah. just been it's been a bad year for Matt, and I'm I'm not the biggest Hardy fan, but I respect what he does, and I think he did an excellent job of trying to build this young guy up, and I think that all out that would have stole the show. I think it would have been probably one of the best matches. I think Sammy would have looked like the star of the night. 
Then after that, the tag team match happened. I loved the tag team match. I thought it was excellent. You know, um, FTR just, just they do what they do best and they play that old school tag team. And I love that kind of wrestling. And then you mix it with Kenny Omega and Adam Page or um, you would call him the stupid cowboy. Um, yeah. But <laughs> That's I absolutely think Kenny Omega worked his ass off in that match. Kenny Omega looked like the star we knew he has been, but it's the first time he's really put it on display in months in AEW. And that was he looked head and shoulders above everyone. To me, that everyone looked like they were going to die of heat exhaustion the most. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was that. I mean, like I brother like Dar- brother Daryl was in the crowd, and he said it was it was just yeah, unbearable. It was like ninety three unbearable. But, yeah, I have friends there too. I didn't like that match. I didn't no, like the ending. I think they built to something that never happened. Well, that's that's my point too. It was, what and a, then it's like another WWE crew has your titles. Your single titles have only been won by WWE, WWE rejects, and now you have your tag team titles, the only ones that you actually had on on your on your own stars. Now you put them on WWE people, which is okay. It was so predictable. We all knew the FTR was winning. The whole thing here was that we were gonna get a good match, and something was gonna happen after, and the, it, it didn't deliver. The one match that I actually felt deliver was victim of the show lasting three hours because the by main the event. Time, the main event was great. Main event Nobody was great. Nobody wanted to be into it, but those guys work at the same time. You also pull a WWE move, and I'm not trying to compare here, but it's like if WWE finishes with a finish that's not supposed to happen, they get shit all over. But this guy comes, uses the move, and he's oh, like, why oh, is the it's face? I, mean, I know, I know yeah, Moxley's like, like the badass, but like. You Why are you cheating that. to win? You're the bad. You're, you're the face, but like me, I know you're uh, the badass. But so I didn't yeah, even see the, that match. But for me, yeah. my favorite match was the women's match. I thought that the women's was match was great. I thought it yeah. looked amazing. It just the and show's pacing threw me off of that. And it was just yeah. We were an hour in, and I felt like okay, when is this going to end? And I never have felt that ever <laughs> in an AEW pay per view. Nothing was too many good. matches on the card. Uh, the well, women got put in a really it, tough spot for me because I was still in the party the thing and I'm like looking up on Twitter what's going on. Like the women, I feel bad because I really cannot speak about that match because I don't remember anything about it because I was still too, they were put in a very, very tough spot and I'm sure they had a great match, but I can't sit here and, and talk to you about it because I don't remember anything. Just like you said about Mox and MJF, I did not pay attention. And Jericho to and uh, Orange Cassidy. I hated that match. I hated that match. And Jericho's <laughs> on there bragging about it and I'm like, I don't I I get why Orange Cassidy is fun. I don't think he'll ever it's just I don't like the gimmick. I don't it's, know. It, I like the gimmick and I love Orange Cassidy. I like the, the gimmick, but not is, near the main event. But no, even even that, it's the issue is there's no crowd. So when he does something, you may hear a pop, but you don't see the pop. You think about when he wrestled Pac. At Revolution, right? That was one of the best matches of the night because you can visibly see the crowd going insane for all the Orange Cassidy stuff. The problem is they're doing these crowd-friendly matches with no no crowd there. Like, you can hear them. It's almost worse than you can hear them. At least – and, look, I was the biggest – I was going against the Thunderdome so much. But actually seeing people's faces in the crowd makes it – as good and, as it's gonna get, and the piping noise. I'm exactly. sorry, I, I AEW would have just benefited from a little bit of piping noise. You know, you know what I did at WrestleMania time. for WrestleMania? I put in crowd cheering in the background on YouTube and watched WrestleMania. 
because I can't watch a wrestling show without noise. I just yeah. can't. I can't do. I just can't physically cannot sit there and hear yeah. silence. Um, my problem is that my biggest problem of the pay-per-view is for even diehards like us who keep up with BTE and all that. Why are you still slow burning Kenny Omega's turn? It is your major pay-per-view. Make him turn on Hangman. Give us something to talk about because the only thing that happened out throughout the night was the title change. That one title change. Moxley retained. You know what I mean? Um, the women's the I women's champion Sheeta retained. They are sadly. I think that I was just thinking about it right now. I think they're waiting to pay all these storylines off when the fans come back. Because if you have a Kenny Omega heel turn, or if you have this big breakup with the Elite, or you have the Bucks and FTR finally get into the match, of course you want the fans. Yeah, but the turn, there. Let, let me let me just the Devil's Advocate, just play Devil's Advocate yeah. real quick about the heel turn with Kenny Omega. Roman Reigns just turned heel, and the internet is literally wet over it right now. I don't think you have anything to do with what you guys are talking about. If you want me to be honest, I think they wanted to give FTR their moment. If you turn them and have that there, nobody's going to talk about FTR. Just won the tag team titles and yeah, they're so deserving of it. And right now, it, it still backfired because now people are talking, yeah, but nothing happened after. But FTR did get their moment to win their tag titles. And, you know, everybody always felt so strong about how they were so underutilized in WWE that at least AW, they deserve to have a moment. AW has set up this thing with all out of like surprises right right uh, the first all out which was last year right because the year before that was all only- in oh yeah Jericho first- showed up as Pentagon. last year was their first all out you had like Santana and Ortiz debut you had um whatever else happened on the show I don't even remember so I don't remember what happened yesterday but like you you have all these these surprises and these cool moments things we don't expect happen and then this year everything like Issa said was kind of predictable and you didn't get the things that the fans actually wanted which was these crazy heel turns or crazy moments and stuff like that it was kind of like they set them up they set themselves up to fail because as a company they always do those crazy things this well, is it's just because we're, listen as wrestling fans we're programmed for big moments that happen at SummerSlam, wrestlemania double or nothing we're big all out. Yeah. we are programmed SummerSlam just ended two weeks ago with the shocking return of roman reigns beating the shit out of everybody right yeah. and it's like as a wrestling fan that's what we're programmed for now i'm not going to shit on all out all the time because i thought the main event was fucking excellent and i think like you said, it was a product of the time and the environment where yeah. it was drawn out. It was long. The crowd was quiet because they were probably dehydrated. So it's like nothing. There was no noise, nothing. But that match delivered on all fronts with two people. I didn't think we were going to get an excellent wrestling match out of. And we did. Yeah. At the same time, I wish it would have had a different ending because the, the way that Mox built his end of the story was like, oh, I got to figure out a new way to beat you. And you're sitting there waiting for him to come up with something creative or something sadistic or just something fucked up to beat him with. And I get it. But my whole point to that is then be just as critical as AEW as you are other companies. Yeah, you know, oh, when yeah. a Hell in a Cell finishes in a no contest and you go, that's not how that was supposed to work. The internet burst on fire and I'm going to cancel everything here. It was just like, well, then Moxley was just shitting. It makes sense. And it's just like, no, 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 you're defending them. And same with the Hardy thing. It was handled the wrong way and somebody needs to take accountability. Stop defending them. They need to learn. They're a new company. I'm not trying to vocalize this to hate on them. I want all wrestling companies to do good. So we have things to talk about. See, I thought but- I thought we would get the, a debut of like EC3's new character that he's playing to control your narrative because he's not signed to Impact. Right. I thought that would be cool. Something where it's like holy shit because 
I don't know. I just don't talk about the next day other than like the mess ups they had yeah, or the predictability. Yeah. Well, that I mean, we all listen, the, the debut of Matt Sodal was literally like shock master level for me. I I saw it like two minutes before everyone because I was way ahead of everyone. Because you pay for it. And I was literally I like paid for it too, but I bought it on Bleacher Report. He bought it on like actual paper. I was yeah. I was coughing. I was laughing so hard. Yeah. My daughter had to come up and give me tissues because I was crying laughing. And then the Dustin Rhodes promo. <laughs> I'm coming for blood and it's coming with me. Okay. Okay. Um, that was that was a great promo. It was like in 1980s. I'm just gonna yell nonsense. But Another thing that I thought would have been a cool ending, because if you're thinking Mox, you know Dean Ambrose's dirty deeds was actually when he used to spike people's head into the mat. That was his first finisher until he made it to double arm DDT. So I thought he's going to fucking switch it and hit the old dirty deeds right. to win. And it's like, oh, shit, he brought out his first finisher, which would have been cool and kind of connected everything. But he did. And instead, he just hit the dirty deeds and literally two weeks of I don't need that move to beat you and you need that move to beat him. So right. that was, exactly. that was that. that's, that's yeah. what I was disappointed. <laughs> I will tell you one thing, though. If you got somebody that's not a me that he needs to that sits down and talks wrestling and that's you said you told your buddy, come over, let's watch this paper. You got to check out AEW. They're not going to continue to watch. Yeah, I know. I will tell you that right now. It was it was a disappointment, but everybody has bad pay-per-views. It's, like you said, it's how how do we make it better? Let's learn from it and let's make it better because everything, all the highlights that I have are not really positive. I did like the main event. I didn't like the ending. And it's just like every, it feels like the, um, it's like the, you like the fatal four way last week at NXT where you had this amazing yeah. match, but then at the end it's like, oh, no finish. And you're like, well, fuck this. That's how that felt to me. Very, very, well, they, they did the same thing. This is, this is the problem with the pay-per-view. Okay. And then I, I'm, like I said, AEW is my favorite wrestling promotion. So it's not me shitting on them. It's me wanting them to be better. I want to be critical, but I want to be like positive about it. But the whole problem is every time us three have talked on this show tonight, we said, we like this but we didn't like this about the same match. Nothing went together where like Cody and Dustin had that match and we were fucking in tears and everything clicked and oh my God, or Jericho and the hangman last year had that title match. You're like, oh my God, that was awesome. Jericho won. It wasn't, that was a great match, but, and that pay-per-view was full of, but well, if, but what? And it just, that doesn't make for a good pay-per-view when you're sitting there questioning why they didn't do something. Now, I know we critique it as diehards a little bit different than a casual, but if I had a casual sit on my couch through that four-hour pay-per-view, like Issa said, you're probably not watching that product ever again. It was long, it was drawn out, and it didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, and you had your biggest stars. Like, I mean, the probably out of the... The people that would draw the casual viewer, the only one that looked the best was Mox. And a lot of people probably didn't even understand if you're a casual what the stipulation was. But you have mm -hmm. Jericho looking like he's in a pool of piss. You have Matt Hardy dying. It's like, what, what's going to keep people wanting to watch this? You know, like, and it was you, just, you, you it know was what just I not it. Too. And I hope that they hit the reset button this week and let's, let's start over, I guess. It, it's, it's also, and it's, I think, this is just my opinion. I think Cody Rhodes is one of the best big fight performers in the industry today. I think he can build a match. I think he gets you excited for a match. I think he knows how to tell a story during these big fights. And Cody Rhodes wasn't on this card. And I think that hurt AEW because Cody Rhodes sells pay-per-views himself. Like, yeah, but you could have easily built... 
Yeah, but, but you could have built Dusty and in in Brody Lee before and just have it on the paper because it would yeah, have because, been just as meaningful because he's defending Cody. He took Cody out, so that right. would have probably been a better than that weird tag match that they were all involved in. Where they lost. That's yeah. what I hate that wrestling companies do. And to me, this is one of the first times that AEW did it. Whereas the Dark Order is being built like these monsters, right? Right. Brody Lee just killed Cody. And now everyone's defending his honor, and he's not in a title match. So there's no reason why Matt Cardona, Matt fucking Cardona, did he get the pin? I forget. I don't know. He got the hot tag. Was jumping around like I don't understand why you have the Dark Order lose. And I'm not saying they should never lose. I'm just saying when they lose, it should be like it should be a huge thing of like, oh my god, it's so shocking. Yeah, a thrown together fucking team, a thrown together team. Just fucking comes in. Well, the entire thing with the Dark Order, for people who don't know, who maybe don't watch AEW, the whole thing is join us if you don't want to lose anymore, right? They take all these jobbers and enhancement talent, and they're supposed to make them win. So, that's so why didn't Matt Cardona join them? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> right? so like, and then Brody Lee, like every time he's in, he, I think, as himself, has only lost to Moxley. Yeah. Right? And But the Dark Order loses all the time when they're in tag team matches on pay-per-view. The second time... Brody Lee's lost because of someone else. It's just so annoying. Like it doesn't make sense. I think they're building a story because he was in people's faces and stuff like that. And I think it was um Cole Cabana who took the pin. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, and then they like fucked him up or something. Yeah, they're gonna, yeah. you know, they're gonna beat his ass. You know what I mean? They're gonna kill him. <laughs> but I, I just think all I think they tried. I think it fell flat. I think there was a lot of bad stuff that happened, and you know, they became it became overshadowed by Matt Hardy's injury, stuff like that. Whenever something happens like that on a wrestling show, even on raw last night, when uh Warbeard beard Hanson, I still call him, got hurt. You, you feel for Wait, that person. On raw? I didn't watch raw. Uh, Ivar. beard. Yeah. Ivar, whatever. Warbeard. What did he get hurt? He, he was suicide something. diving and he, I think he like broke his pelvis. It looked like and yeah, it was he, he was thrown up to X. He was he that, desperate. Like the yeah, way that was scary. Dude. Anybody. Yeah. yeah. What was the match that he got hurt in? It was like a, triple tag or quite like an eight man tag or yeah, something like, like not show. nothing meaningful at all nothing it, but i mean the cool thing is it was against the hurt business with cedric turning um i saw that that looks that, pretty cool cedric yeah. that i mean i'm all in on that so like raw had some good stuff too i still just think raw is missing they finally made Drew McIntyre look like a badass again finally yeah, just put that dude in a tank top his shoulders are bigger than my head not even that, just the way that he was coming in and, and screwing um Randy, Randy. Orton up. Like yeah. it was amazing. Like it was that's the Drew McIntyre you should have always been booked. And now you made the you make the it's like an even playing field, them going yeah. into Clash of Champions. And, and Keith Lee looks like a star still, and uh, you gotta thank Randy for that too. And does he? Because to me he just looks like the third wheel in the Drew McIntyre See, I think Randy. He just, he, I think he looks like like when Randy goes for RKO and he just pauses and it's like, nah, okay, but Randy hit him with the RKO. And if Drew McIntyre would have not shown up, he would have mm-hmm. lost. So they didn't really protect him that much. Yeah. He should have not got hit with the RKO. Honestly, honestly, yeah, he because if you really it. think about it, if you want to be hardcore and you think about it, if Drew McIntyre doesn't show up, Keith Lee loses. They're yeah. not protecting See, him. Would, most people think I, they are. I, I would have booked it differently too. Like, especially after he keeps blocking. I would have not booked him with. <laughs> Yeah, but, but like I would, I wouldn't have him take an RKO. Like I'd have him, Randy beat him down and then punt him in the head, and then Drew comes out because I would just have him be in a match with someone else so he can just win. And agree. Thank and you, thank you. Because last hole. week they protected him by not taking the pin. This win they protect him again, but he's not winning. He's just a third wheel right now. That's he's not a star. Like, 
I get the whole notion of like, but he's in the ring with Randy Orton, one of the greatest of all time. But it's like he's not winning. So it doesn't no, matter. and he's not in a feud. That's not Randy's first interest. Randy just wants to get him out of the way so he can get to Drew McIntyre. Exactly. That's that's my exactly. point. Like you're not yeah. like look, you know you wanna know who actually looked like a star last night, fucking Dominic Dominic. Why are you not doing that with Kids Lee? Dominic looked fucking awesome last yeah, night. Yeah, that's what he I'm did. saying. If you you can you can manage to make Dominic look better than Keith Lee, not sorry, Ann, but I'm he's not so looking like a star. Like, like but Buddy Murphy's so good too. And that guy just yeah. oh god. It makes me want to go back and rewatch the Murphy versus Ali matches because they were fucking bangers on yeah. 205 Live. Um, uh, but anyway, let's shift over to SmackDown where a lot of good stuff is happening. I really prefer SmackDown over Raw. I literally will watch raw youtube or like catch a match and go to sleep smackdown i'm invested because not only do they have the big dog they have the fiend they have a lot of moving parts going on so let's get into paul Heyman and roman reigns promo together on friday night it exemplified big dick energy from roman reigns that dude is literally carrying himself how i wanted him to because the way i've always visioned and pictured roman reigns right his pedestal I say he is the LeBron James of WWE because LeBron James can do everything right off the court, right? He can play great basketball. He can win MVPs. He can win titles. But people always have a problem with LeBron James. Nobody likes him. They boo him. What is overrated? And if you think about a wrestler that's close to LeBron James, it's Roman Reigns. So me picturing Roman Reigns now is like me picturing if LeBron James shut his filter off, stopped being a nice guy, and told everyone to kiss his ass, that's why I love it because Roman has done everything right. Everything by the book he's done. He's been the perfect employee. He hasn't had shit come out about him. He failed a drug test, big deal, but he's never like made the company look bad, right? He does all this charity work and you still don't want the guy. You boo the guy. He's related to the rock. He's related to all these famous wrestlers that you love. You don't want him. You reject him. Well, now he's rejecting you. And I think that's fucking awesome because he knows his worth and he knows he's better than you. And now he's going to let the world know it. And besides, a guy that looks like Roman Reigns should carry himself that way. And that's yeah. why I absolutely love that. I love the promo. I love that Paul Heyman said, no, 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 it wasn't me. He pursued me. He's the one corrupting me. He's the one who brought this idea onto me. Like, I absolutely love the fact that they're trying to say that Roman says, say, finally says, Fuck this. I've had it. This is my this my yard. This is my island. I love my that island. line. I love that. Yeah. Um, and I love that Paul Heyman called himself a counsel, not an advocate. Mm. A counsel. I'm a counsel. Yeah. And I really, really like you got to pay attention to all the little details that they're giving you here. Um, I I thought it was perfection. And it went in a direction that once again, what they keep doing with Roman since he returned is giving us things that you're just not expecting. And that's when wrestling is really good. You're expecting Paul Heyman to come in and do the exact same thing, but yep. he didn't. He caught the he was so calm, so quiet, almost scary. Oh, it was like, that, that scary, yeah. like, yeah. And it was what? just like, he was wasn't like, perfect. my name. He was like, and yeah, Roman and, Reigns, like, and Roman serious. talked and Roman talked. And, so and, Paul Heyman is not here to be a mouthpiece. Paul Heyman is just an enhancement. It's a little thing. Like, so with Brock, he usually stands side by side or gets in front of Brock and like, kind of is like, Hey, I'm this. That's, voice. Not, that's not true. He but, stands but, behind Brock. Yeah. But a, like, it's the voice. I'm the voice. I'm going to yeah. be over here. But with Punk and now Reigns, he kind of stands beside them, shares the mic with them. That never happens unless when Brock takes the mic and says, all right, Paul, say something stupid and throws, you know, throws the mic back at him. But I love that he was like, okay, I'm not this guy's advocate. I'm not going to speak 
completely for him. I'm his councilman. I'm here to help him, you know, gain the most power he can have, but it's still his island. He's still the chief. I'm just falling in line. And I don't I love even that. think that way. I actually think that Paul Heyman is the guy that, in a Brock Lesnar situation, he's helping him gain all this power and all this money. And in a Roman Reigns situation, it's almost like, I see this guy. He has everything. I'm going to hang with him because that's where I need to be, which is a position that you don't, you're don't, you not used to seeing Paul Heyman in. And he makes that it. You, that's a good, actually, a good way to spin it, too. So mm -hmm. that's like another detail we can watch going forward because that's the cool thing about wrestling is I got this from that and you got... No, Paul Heyman's latching on to Roman. Yeah. And I'm like, no, Roman's going to listen to Paul Heyman because so that's a cool kind of variable that we can look for. Phil, what do you think about, you know, Heyman and Roman's alliance? I think it's dope. I agree with everything you guys say. The one thing that I thought automatically was for anybody who has ever played the WWE games, and if you do like um, the old GM modes, where you have to like create storylines and stuff, or even I guess in universe mode, they have the option when you do the promo, right? And there's like um, the scenes that you pick from where it's like, oh, that's clearly, you know, Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. And you put a, a different wrestler in the Brock Lesnar role, but it's like, oh, that's supposed to be Brock Lesnar, but because it's your GM mode, it's, I don't know, whoever, it's Randy Orton. And it just looks a little off at first and you have to get used to it. That's how I felt watching that promo. Cause like, it like it looked awesome, right? But it did look it was kind of weird seeing it be Roman and not Brock. But once I got over that, the promo was awesome. But that's what makes the importance of the Heyman partnership because they started getting away with Heyman having other guys for the longest time. It was just Brock. So to see him with somebody, well, I mean, you had Cesaro and Ryback and Axel. Yeah, but that was years ago. It's been like right. what, five years since it's been just. That's what they were trying to do this Heyman guy thing. Now the yeah. thing I'm most excited about is the battle of the bloodline and I, I did not see that coming that is cool is the I other uso hurt or something where is the other yeah uso? he's hurt oh, Ooh, he's which which uso is which which is the one with naomi is that jimmy or jay, jay. i don't jimmy. know <laughs> jimmy? Okay, no, jay? the thing that's annoying is the one with naomi is named john but on tv he's jimmy yeah. <laughs> and then the other one is whatever his name is and then they call him jay Jay so Uso, I think Jay Uso is the one that's getting the title shot. So that's not no, the one with Naomi. Yeah, Jay, Jay Uso is getting the title shot. That's the other one. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. But I, Jay Uso, I, is, are we going to see a finger poke of doom? What are we gonna, is he joining? Is is Paul Heyman going to be the leader of the new Dangerous Alliance, a.k.a. the Samoan Dynasty, a.k.a. the Bloodline? I don't think so because literally Roman just told you he's going to wreck everyone and leave and show up and win. But... There's one thing about Roman Reigns that he's always talked about in his bond with family. In my head, and I this is fantasy booking, and maybe it's a dream, right? But he's going to run through his family, and then The Rock's going to come. WrestleMania, I main mean, event, yeah, Roman cool. versus The Rock. Roman's a heel. The Rock's a face. You just ran through our family. You're disrespecting our bloodline. I'm here to stick up for it. The story would be fucking Mwah. So it's Jay Uso and then Jimmy Uso. And, and then he'll then beat up Nia Jax, Jax and yeah. he'll take out Tamina. Tamina. He's taking them all out. He'll go to MLW, take up Jacob Fatu. All of them are done. They're gone. <laughs> he'll beat up Rikishi in a, in, a, in, a, in a return match. Right? Rikishi comes out, beats him up. This is what's going to happen. Actually, he could, right? The new legend yeah. killer, the Samoan. Yeah. But like, if this is what's going to happen, then listen, from now, right now, I will give them props because everything about that promo that 
Paul Heyman cut and the way that he's carrying himself, the chief, this is my island. Like they're making it all about family. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about what you're thinking. So I'm thinking from there, when I saw Jay Uso, I was like, he's the only one that can afford to lose to Roman Reigns right now. Out of everybody that were throwing their names out there, Sheamus could and Baron Corbin, but we don't want to see those feuds anymore. And, and you I, just I established know. Roman as a yeah. heel. So, you just established so him as a heel. That, in the way that you're speaking, if that's where this ends, you got to give him props for long-term oh, booking. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, because they're starting since his return. And this and is the only time that strong unless you're gonna have them do something huge in WrestleMania. You're this right. This is the only time that you like we never thought Roman would be the heel. We thought it'd be face first face. Roman comes back a heel now and everything's flipped upside down. We're now the possibility of the rock coming back, working his last match against Roman Reigns in the main event of WrestleMania. In LA, in LA WrestleMania. The story writes itself and it's the perfect way to put the rock out and the perfect way to make people hate Roman even more because Dwayne Johnson is the most popular individual in the world. Everybody loves the rock. Everybody. They do like a Samoan lumberjack match with their, their <laughs> fam- with just their family. And it's still like 10,000 okay. people. The Rock comes out say, with a Maui entrance. Say, Moana walks. If COVID is still happening. Then fucking make it happen in Samoa. Take a oh cinema, God, like yeah. like take it to the fucking island. If if we can have a real wrestling and have them fight in their homeland. Hobbs and <laughs> Shaw too. Just Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw, but they're fighting re- each other. Just yeah. recreate that scene, but yeah, they're fighting each other. I'm and Vince McMahon is the one in the helicopter, and the Rock is like pulling it. Yeah, exactly. Let's do that. <laughs> I'm no, dead. I'll tell you what, though, if that's where they're going with that, I'm in. Or even if they don't and they take that left turn and it is the Samoan dynasty, I'm down for that. Yeah. Like, me too. I'm literally cool with whatever they're doing with Roman Reigns because one, I missed them. And two, yeah. it's new, it's fresh. It makes me want to watch. And the way they end at SummerSlam and the way they end at Payback. Like that makes you want to watch. And I think that's where we're saying AEW missed it is that after that pay-per-view, it's like, Matt, do I want to watch? When after payback, when Roman pulled that cheap shit, signed the contract, beat everyone's ass, and left, you were like, so wait, is he a heel now? You know, like, you had to watch. And then, boom, Friday night, they establish it. And then it's like, cliffhanger, what happens next? And I love yeah. that. And now you, you're doing that. Let's change gears to The Fiend and Alexa. The Fiend, obviously, they're turning this guy a face, which... I don't know. I always, like I said last week, I never really got the Undertaker as a face. I loved him. I always, he was always one of my favorites. But even as a heel, I like the crazy shit. I like the dark shit. I don't want them to take that element out of the fiend and humanize him. I want him to be a monster. But now the wild cards out there with Alexa Bliss, who I think is playing this character beautifully, she's a little deranged now. She's losing it a little bit. Are we going to see a female fiend? With Alexa Bliss. No, I think she's just going to go back to like a heel, crazy, bitchy Alexa. I think this is just a slow burn for that. Um, They'll take some some twists and turns to get there. I think that they need to start, and I think with this Alexa thing, they're basically just rebuilding the division because of the fact that Charlotte's gone and Becky's gone for God knows how long. So like they need to start building other people because once you get – you know, Bailey and Sasha is going to happen eventually. Um, and but once you get past that, like you're going to need somebody for Sasha to face again, right? You need other uh, people on Raw to face these people. So I think they're just slow building Alexa back up because she was a baby face in this tag team for so long. So now we're going to yeah. go back to the new one. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be another puppet or something weird that we're not expecting. Maybe a Paul Heyman puppet. And, because and at some point, he's going to want revenge from Roman, I would assume. You know, that I, I don't know. I, I would hope. But the thing is known for continuing even when he loses the title and not really right. caring. And that's I'm okay with that. Um, but I don't think... I think if it's Alexa, I think you should still slow burn it because they're doing a good job with it. Yeah, I, I'm excited because, again, it's like Friday night, The Fiend introduces something new to the Funhouse or, or Bray Wyatt and it's like what, what Dallas. <laughs> yeah what could this crazy motherfucker come up with next right and that's what you're thinking and it excites you and i kind of agree i don't think we're going to see a female fiend i think it'd be something cool if she did do something with bray but i think she's going to turn back into that harley quinn kind of alexa that the bitchy burst, like the, that the burst the onto the queen, scene the yeah. evil disney queen yeah the you know the, Bliss, that yeah. burst onto the scene that whole thing and that's cool and I, I like what you said about building female stars because we're about to get the payoff that we really wanted with Bailey turning on Sasha. Now, Bailey and Sasha have been literally one of the only reasons to watch during the, let's call it the COVID era before the Thunderdome because I think the Thunderdome re-energized the WWE. But before that, I tuned in for Bailey and Sasha. And that was about it. Bailey turning on Sasha, we know their chemistry. We know what they can do in the ring. But... It's surprising because before Sasha was the heel, Bailey was this John Cena like female wrestler, hugs and love and kisses. And, you know, and now we see this new side of Bailey that Sasha helped create, being the demise of Sasha Banks with Bailey attacking her. So I think that was awesome storytelling. Issa, where do you think this goes? Uh, to have fucking five six star match between the two of them and i'm excited for it i i love to give props to that because i think that bailey has owned and killed it as a heel so i didn't want sasha to be the one to turn i love that it was bailey the one to turn there's a picture roaming around that shows bailey turning on all three of the horse women i love the the thought of that because it's like she was left behind in nxt and they all moved on won championships without her she should still have that in the back of her head and i absolutely love that they gave them like 40 minutes and in my opinion it was probably the most brutal beat down heel turn for a female yes. and i love that it's about time that they start because they built that story for so long that they deserve to have that kind of breakup because we were all so invested in it and it came to a point where it became uncomfortable to watch and you don't get those kind of i, I was like bailey probably sat down with randy orton for a little bit and took some notes because oh my god it was brutal and i loved it like it's I just been a lot of savageness on wwe like but <laughs> you know, you think back of Rollins beating the shit out of Dominic, and that was uncomfortable. And then Bailey's beating the shit out of Sasha. And you're like, can like you know it's scripted? Like, can someone stop this? Like, you have zero fucking friends in the back. Nobody cares about you. <laughs> in my reaction. If you watch my reaction, I'm like, is nobody gonna come there's out? Like, there's every other time a thousand referees are running the fuck out. Now you're just gonna let Sasha get her ass beat. Like, but I'm not even a huge Sasha fan. It also makes sense that they made no friends. So it yeah, makes sure. sense for nobody to come out and be like, be like, fuck them. <laughs> I think the coolest thing to another way to think about it is so as the diehards and the casuals, there's always this like um, we always disagree, right? Because the casuals usually want something else than what we want. And I think this is the best of both worlds because the diehards want Sasha and Bailey to feud the same way the casuals do, right? But the diehards want it done in a new way. They've never done it. Sasha and Bailey have never feuded with Bailey as the heel. Bailey's yeah. always been the baby face. So, like for me, who saw that match in Brooklyn Live and who remembers seeing that feud on NXT as it was happening, 
I, I'm. This is like the most exciting thing in wrestling for me right now because of the fact that we have the potential of them recreating their great matches with the one in Brooklyn and the Iron Woman match that they had at Full Sail. And now you're going to do that, but in a different way where Bailey's working his heel. And just like you said, Bailey's been a fantastic heel. Plus, after that Chronicle, the one they did with Sasha returning, and the one they just put up with TakeOver Brooklyn, Sasha comes across as a babyface. You don't want to yeah. take that away from her. Sasha Banks, as much as we people go to war with her fans on social media, Sasha Banks has a ton of fans. So let's just keep her the babyface. And like I said, I'm going to keep bringing it up, but it's the truth. With Charlotte and Becky, your two biggest women stars out, number three is Sasha. So let her be the face of your women's division and let Bailey be your biggest heel. And the cool thing is about it is Sasha Banks has really never had a title reign. She always loses. So now we're building this up that it's going to be her moment. You know, Becky got her moment. Charlotte got her moment. Bailey's gotten some moments. Sasha Banks yeah, Bailey's ne- won a title at WrestleMania or yeah. defended a title. So Sasha Banks has never gotten her moment. And I would drag this out. I'm talking about long-term story building. I keep Sasha off TV. The beatdown was so bad. You Survivor Series, right she now. comes back. I know you can't. She attacks Bailey or whatever. Then you have her win the Rumble, and then we get it at Mania. But that's going to be way too way too long with the amount of players that they have right now. So I think we're going to get it at Survivor Series. Hopefully, hopefully, it main events Survivor Series. Listen, the one thing that they do with the women when they have a good feud is they fucking drag it. They did it with Charlotte and Sasha. They did it with Charlotte and Becky. So it's okay. I Just to go by by what Phil said, when I saw their match live in Brooklyn, I wasn't even, like, I was not familiar with their feud and I was in tears so I can only imagine how invested I'm going to be this time that I've watched the entire story they make me get into their stories back then but now that I'm like here and I love both of them and I was I was I was actually heartbroken a little bit when this turn happened because I was one of the few people that didn't want them to split up I like them together so it was I cannot wait to see See, I'm excited because you teased this like what um we were still doing we were still doing rant with ant when they first teased it when they attacked her in the locker room and you're yeah. like, holy shit, it's happening. And then next week, they're like, we're friends. I know you kicked my ass, but we're friends again. Okay, let's just hang out. And I was like, fuck, like, give me that match. And now we're going to get that match. And that is like, you know, I can shit on WWE because I didn't think it was great during the COVID era, but I can't shit on anything they've done in the past month because I think they're really tuned in and they're really dialed in on being the superior brand in the world. And they already are, but I think people forgot and they need to remind people, we have these players. We have Roman Reigns. We have Sasha Banks. And we, we have, have the, the Thunderdome. Yeah. It's a game yep. changer and, whether and people it, want to admit it or not. Exactly. And it's a brilliant idea mm-hmm. that was kind of brainchild from the NBA because they were doing it. Yep. And Vince McMahon said, how can we take those 25 monitors and turn it into a fucking 1500 monitors or whatever it is? And they did. And I think it's brilliant. I think it's coming across great. And I think that it's leading to a lot of fun stuff in pro wrestling that makes me excited to be a fan again. And it makes me excited to do this show every week with Roman and Paul Heyman together. Every week, I cannot wait to get on here and talk about it because we really don't talk about wrestling during the week to each other. We wait to the show comes on you know what i mean so this is raw emotion from us and i think that that's what i missed most about pro wrestling everything that i walked away because i didn't like anymore i'm now back because they fixed it and i don't think we give enough credit to wwe trying to fix it 
the COVID era happened and it sucked and it was weird. But guess what? The world sucked and it was weird. There's nothing you could do about it, right? Now things are starting to get back somewhat normal unless you're Chris Jericho performing at Sturgis and making 250,000 fucking cases of coronavirus. But the world's starting to get back to normalcy. And yeah. now TV's You know what else good. is getting back to normal? NXT, because Finn Balor is the champion. I know, and that's just happened that's tonight that's as we're recording. That's and, so exciting. And that's exciting because my biggest fear is that Finn was going to stay down there and not really do anything. Right. And just put I was, I'm like, why did you take Finn off a show like Raw where you need star power? But guess what? Now he's the NXT well, champion. I think that they were going to start using him on NXT UK and then the world shut yeah. down. Because he had that match with Walter that never happened. Right. And right, I don't know. Right. I don't think he would have beat Walter. Right. But I think that he would have maybe given him a great match and stuck around for a little you bit. You got to think so if Cross doesn't kinda, get hurt, where's Finn Balor? That's, that's what, what I think. I think he would have won the North American title. Okay. And I'm fine with that. But I'm, I think Finn is a draw. Finn is one of your most popular yeah. superstars on the main roster. Mm -hmm. You move him down to NXT. If you're really moving NXT's nights, you're going to get over a million with Finn as champion. Mm -hmm. You're going to get over a million views with Finn as champion. It's you that simple. Somebody who's established that casual yeah. like and the NXT diehards worship, and that's Finn Balor. And right now, you're not going to put the belt on back on Adam Cole because we've done that. You're not going to put the belt on Gargano or Ciampa because we've done that. And you gave Keith Lee up to the main roster for you have a whole new audience because like yeah. us that know Finn Balor NXT champion we are the network the, the small NXT audience now you have the USA casual viewers that are not familiar with Finn Balor this is like a whole new ring of a film this is not the demon so mm -hmm. this is like a whole new Finn Balor chapter that we're gonna get to and, watch and, and I'm and excited to watch thing. NXT again you get these people you get these people drawn in. And I think NXT is going to be moving to Tuesday nights, just to be honest. I do think that's going to happen. I think they're looking for a new night. And I think, if anything, thank if fucking God, because then I don't have to see your fucking tweets about ratings. I don't give a fuck. You know what oh I mean? God. Like, who cares, right? Yeah. But they're going to move They're going to move it there. And then, like you said, you have all these new viewers who don't know who Why Finn is. Why are they moving is. it to Tuesday? I, they're, look, they said they're shopping for a different night. I mean, they're doing better. Remember, you're not competing. Which you're not competing. Get the whole audience, they got. And if anything, if I'm AEW, I'm like, yeah, move your fucking show because now you have Finn Balor as champion. It's like people are gonna watch that, you know. So yeah, if I mean, anything, I, I guess we just gotta wait and see because right now all the shows are being moved around with all these sports going on, all these playoffs going yep. on. I don't know when anything is on anymore, which drives me crazy. I yeah. literally have forgotten that NXT was on tonight until um. So I turned the TV on, waiting, and then I was like, oh, shit, because they opened with the match, which I loved, because you screwed us last week, so crown the champion first thing on the show tonight. I appreciated that, because <laughs> people were like, why isn't this the main event? I'm like, because it was supposed to be the main it event. It is the main event. The main event could happen at the beginning of the show. Uh, That's the main anyway, event. You know I mean? I'm excited. I'm excited for NXT again. I do have a question about Raw. You talking about NXT, I started thinking about the talent down there. So what happened with retribution in this promo? Because they I just cut a promo saying oh, who, who cut a it promo? was it was it was a hundred percent Dijak. It was a hundred percent Dijak. Yeah, Jim, I think I mean, because Dijak said Dijak had to reference the eyes and you know you know feast your eyes. He didn't say that, but he mentioned eyes and you picked up little details. Plus, it sounded exactly like Dijak, even with a voice decoder on. 
Still I thought was, I didn't hate it. I didn't think it was amazing, but I think it's a little bit of story progression without doing a stupid running because the runnings are getting old. You have to do something. If you're not going to reveal them, then do something else. I so just, they just I, show I'm, up on the screen and cut their I am off. I'm off retribution. I'm off of it. of retribution. Like, to pick am, five, and let's just rock with that. No, I'm like, off of it. I don't give a flying shit about retribution anymore because all I'm thinking about is the last time you built a fucking amazing faction, the shield came out attacked Ryback and then they had the interview with the shield and it literally they didn't answer any questions we don't work for nobody just the swag about them and you know the cockiness about them and it was like holy shit you knew these guys were a big deal now it's like okay we just need a faction because I guess everyone has factions here's retribution and it's a bunch of people that didn't make it on NXT or whatever. And that's, that could yeah, be that's cool. Yeah, that's the but interesting like, part is people that they put a push aside or whatever. So but you, made, but you made them look goofy for the first three weeks. You made them look like children. Like, but the thing was cool. shit up and like but cheering like morons. That, and we thought it was Adam Cole in Undisputed Era and maybe Marina and Jessamine because they're all connected. It made sense. But now that... They've gotten away from whoever those first group of people were because it's clearly not them anymore. Now they have, like you said, Dijak and the. They're switching who's wearing the mask. Every that's week. what I'm saying. Do they, revealing, don't, do they reveal him? They can get away with that. That's what's interesting. They're, they're, they the, got the, hope, the hope for me is that whoever the leader is, whether it's male or female, is someone who can cut a promo and right. who demands the attention. Right, we right. wanted it to be Adam Cole because we know what he could do with a microphone in his hand, and you—he's a star. When you look in the ring, he has the factor. But like, I love Dijak, but in this WWE world, he does not have it. I don't want him to be the leader. He could be the the big guy. He could be the, the muscle. Exactly. Make him the muscle. Awesome, but I don't want him to be the leader. Yeah, I was hoping it was like Gargano and some like you know what yeah. I mean. Like, like, I was or even like someone that you're like, well, yeah, you're right. You've been in NXT for a long fucking time, bro. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. Now retribution makes sense, but it's these people like we got passed up on, and it's like, okay, cool. And now Mojo Raleigh is rumored. Mojo's rumored. Like, that's you, what want, you want to the that they got passed up on? What? Yeah, that's, that's what they said. Yeah, yeah. Pushed aside. You want to? You want to make me turn on something quicker than anything? Put Mojo in it. Why? Like. Because that's the rumor. Faction, Mojo. Just have it be NXT people. Like, don't bring in main event. Yeah, but you didn't need to do the goofy, like, I don't know, the goofy blowing shit up and, like, just throwing a brick through just the window. And the leader, Mustafa fucking Ali. I would be so down. And I would love it. I would love everything. I would take everything back. Business, and yet again, you're putting all the black wrestlers on one fucking segment of your TV show. Have Mustafa Ali be eventually... A couple months down the line, maybe Royal Rumble, maybe even Mania, if you want to push it out that far. But have him win that U.S. title for the love of God. Yep, please get him off main event. Fuck. Yeah, I. Uh, I like can... I like his little salty tweets, though. He make you. Oh, I love it. I love the salty like tweets. That. Yeah. And if you want salty tweets, you can follow us at the Rand Foundation on Twitter, um, Instagram at the Rand Foundation, and Patreon at Rand Foundation. Thank you guys so much, um, everyone that joined the Patreon. We are growing the community back. It is awesome. I'll tell you what, I love doing these watch-alongs. I can't wait for Clash Night of Champions or whatever it's called, New Japan 3. I cannot wait to watch that with a whole shitload of you because I know that you're going to watch it on the WWE Network and we're all going to have a good time. Um, so I think that's something that is worth it. 
then you get extra content from us. We're going to be doing more video stuff. I'm going to be doing a lot of fun stuff on there. So please keep an eye out for that. Um, I'm in talks with certain people about doing shows of my former shows. So I'll get more on that as soon as it's confirmed. But we have a lot of shit coming to Patreon. And I think it, it's just so fun to be in a community again where we can all talk and we can all have our own opinions and you don't get attacked for it. And I think that's the something special that we present. Um, if you want to follow me, I'm at Game of Ant. And Phil? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at FanboyPhilium. And like we said before, if you go to my pinned tweet, it is a GoFundMe link to support Cody. He's one of our best friends. He's one of our brothers. Uh, you know, He dealt with Hurricane Laura, I think it was called. And a whole bunch of damage to his house, his collectibles, his car, and stuff like that. So clothes, I mean, bed sheets, everything. Did whole pretty good the first couple of days, but as you guys are hearing this, as the weeks progress, let's start throwing a little bit here and there. And listen, if you can't donate, that's fine. We understand it's a hard time. Share the link. Show your family members. Show your friends. Put it up on your social media. Let's try to get Cody as much help as possible because he deserves it. Exactly. And follow Phil on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash fanboy. He's, he's, he's going to make it streaming. He's, he's. I mean, listen, if I can get this fucking Elgato listen, to work. Never, never stream yourself trying to put something together, bro. What the, <laughs> what kind of amateur? I saw your face getting mad as shit. I'm like, yeah, I'm tuning out. Like, I'm like, he's about to part, fucking kill someone. The best part, the best part and I want to shout out to Kim for this, is I'm like, yo, it's not connecting to Twitch. And she was like, listen, you idiot. You're on Twitch right now. That's why. You need to get off your Twitch on your phone and so it can connect to Twitch. The issue is the chat link, but I think we might have figured it out. We're going to create a Discord so you can jump in there and talk with us because that's what everybody uses a Discord because yeah. PlayStation sucks. Everything is limited. They don't want you to have fun with everything. And maybe if I get it set up, I can play 2K with Ant and we can get this going. We can get Ant up there who has like 380 followers on Twitch. So He's I'm going to do my WWE pay-per-views, but first I'm going to get the the new Xbox, I think, that they just announced. The Series X. Yeah, whatever it is. Um, And then, Issa, where can they follow you? At NYC Demon Diva. And check out all of her pages. Her YouTube page is fucking awesome, and it's growing, so help her grow it even further. Um, We want to thank you guys for coming to our YouTube page if you're watching this live. YouTube has actually been getting more than the listens. It's a display, bro. It's this fucking dope-ass thing around us. Like yeah, right, right. Right. I actually made that last night at like nine o'clock because I was like, if Phil and Issa will tell you if I don't do one thing per day for the Ram Foundation, I feel fucking useless. So every day I'm doing something to try to make myself feel worthy of doing this. Again. This is how you know. This is how we know Ant's going to do something. Yeah, I'm not going to do something. I'm just going to go to sleep tonight. And then in the morning we get a text message like, all right, I did 10 things. I recorded four shows. I got this idea. I got these things coming. Oh, and also I want to promote real quick. The oversaturation of Ant Part 2 Tour is here. Um, tomorrow night I'll be on the Positive Pro Wrestling Podcast. Um, you want to check that out. Uh, next week I'm on 3 Count. Then I'm on the Hoots Podcast. And I'm on the eight, uh, All Elite Podcast. So I have like five or six scheduled shows to be on. So check all them out. Support all that. We're trying to bring the whole community back together and get rid of the fucking fuck boys that are around this this place and try to clean it up. We we are the cleaners of wrestling podcast, and we well, are that, back. That sounds better like a than ever. You know, represent tomorrow. Yeah, the cleaner. Yep, that is probably. I'm going to make the yeah, t-shirt right after I edit the show. Ant with sunglasses on. It's going to yep. be like cleaner, cleaner, cleaning, cleaning the podcast world. Exactly. Oh no, Beckham likes to get shit on.
<laughs> anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in, and thank you for keeping wrestling real. Kawaii, so kawaii. Adios. <laughs>